Hello, and welcome back to this week's episode of The Mythical Hour, the podcast where I, Liesl, tell you, listener, all about Greek mythology. Sorry for the episode delay again, but I hope you're all doing well this week. It's mainly delayed because of schoolwork and the holidays, but hopefully I will be getting on back on track, which I know I've been saying that a lot, but really, 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 hopefully I do this time. Um, now on to the actual content. This week is all about Theseus, who, spoiler alert, I actually kind of hate, but we'll get to that. Welcome to this week's episode of The Mythical Hour, Theseus, the Minotaur, and the Labyrinth. Our hero of the week, Theseus, was the son of Aithra, princess of Troezen, and both Poseidon, the sea god, and Aegis, the king of Athens. So the guy had a pretty royal lineage. One day, Aegis was visiting the city of Troezen and decided to visit the Oracle of Delphi. You know, typical Greek mythology things. The Oracle, per usual, gave him a cryptic and confusing prophecy, telling him not to drink or sleep with any woman, for the next time he did, she would get pregnant. King of Troezen, Pithuus, heard the prophecy and devised a plan. He wanted his daughter, Aithra, to marry the king of Athens. So, Pithuus got Aegis drunk, which was not difficult because Aegis didn't understand the prophecy that was given to him thanks to his cryptic nature. Once Aegis was very drunk, Pithuus gave Aithra to him, because in Greek mythology, men could do that, especially fathers. Fun. Aithra and Aegis got together, and later that night, while they were sleeping, Aithra heard from Athena via dream. Athena told Aithra to go to the shores of a nearby beach. Aithra did as she was told, and when she arrived at the beach, poured offerings to the sea god Poseidon. Poseidon saw this, came down from Olympus, and slept with Aithra on the beach. This caused Aithra's child, which she was now pregnant with, to have both Aegis's blood and Poseidon's. He was the son of both. After Aegis found out that Aithra was pregnant, he dipped and went back to Athens, because this is Greek mythology, and of course he'd do that and not be a responsible father. Before he left, he placed his sword and sandals under a rock. He told Aithra that once their son, now named Theseus, was strong enough, he should move the rock and take the items. Only if he managed to complete the task on his own would he be worthy enough for Athens. Great parenting! Well, once Theseus was older, he managed to lift the rock and gather his father's belongings, which were probably very worn down and rusty by now, but oh well. Aithra told him the whole story of Aegis, which then caused Theseus to obviously want to go and meet him. To get to Athens, Theseus could either take a boat and sail to Athens, which was the safest and fastest way to get to the city, or Theseus could go by land, where he would have to travel by foot and go by six different entrances to the underworld, entrances which were all guarded by fearful monsters. Can you guess which way he chose? Yep, Theseus chose to go by land, and on top of that, he said he would defeat each and every monster that was guarding the underworld. And on top of that, Theseus decided to go alone, because he wanted to seem manly or whatever. He was an idiot. So, Theseus embarked on this very, very stupid journey of pride and hubris. The first monster he faced was Periphetes. 
Periphetes was the guardian of the entrance at Epidaurus and was a cyclops and son of Hephaestus, the blacksmith god. Periphetes had a bronze club which he would use to defeat anyone who dared to enter this entrance. Well, when Theseus encountered him, he stole Periphetes' club and beat him as Periphetes had done to many people before. Theseus then kept Periphetes' club after he defeated him and then went on his merry way. The next guardian Theseus faced was on the Isthmus of Corinth. An Isthmus is basically a small strip of land connecting two larger land masses for those who don't know, because I didn't know what it was either. On the Isthmus, Theseus fought the robber Sinus. Sinus would take travelers, tie them to two bent over pine trees, and when he let the pine trees ring back up to their usual position, the person he tied them to would be split in half, which is very, very gruesome and gross. Theseus then, of course, defeated Sinus by doing the same that he would do to travelers. He tied him to two bent over pine trees and let go, letting Sinus be torn in two. Disgusting. To add insult to injury, Theseus then slept with Sinus's daughter, Peregun, who then became pregnant with their son, Melanippus, which I think I'm pronouncing correctly. But Theseus, of course, did not stay to watch his kid. He kept on trekking because Greek mythology, guys. Next on his list of murders is the Chromionian Sow. Fittingly, the Chromionian Sow guarded the entrance in Chromion. It was the offspring of Typhon and Echidna and was basically a wild pig. Because, of course, Theseus obviously defeats the Chromionian Sow, though we don't have much information as to how he actually does it. Continuing on, Theseus comes to a point called the Skyronian Rocks near the town of Megara. There, he finds an elderly man by the name of Skyron. Skyron would stay at a cliff, waiting for travelers to come by. Once a traveler would come by, he would ask them to clean his feet. They would, because he's an elderly man and they feel obliged to. Once they knelt to help him, Skyron would kick them over the edge of the cliff down to a giant turtle who would eat them right up. Yes, a giant turtle. Well, when Skyron encountered Theseus, they fought, and obviously Theseus won by throwing Skyron off of his very own cliff, down to the turtle. Doesn't seem like a very fair fight, Theseus versus an old man, but whatever. Next, Theseus came to the kingdom of Eleusis. There, he met Curseron, the king. Curseron would challenge each and every traveler who came to the city to a wrestling match. If the traveler won, they would be crowned ruler of Eleusis. Curseron would win every one of his competitions because, of course, he would. But then Theseus came to the kingdom, of course. Curseron invited Theseus to take up the challenge, which he did. And, of course, Theseus defeated Curseron by picking him up and throwing him onto the ground. Theseus then gave the throne to Curseron's grandson, Hippothous, and then he slept with all Curseron's daughters. Because, yeah, this is Greek mythology. The final labor Theseus completes is defeating Procrustes, yes, the guy from Percy Jackson. This also happens near Eleusis. Theseus meets the bandit Procrustes. Procrustes would sell beds for travelers to use at night, but instead of fitting the bed for the traveler, Procrustes would fit the travelers to the bed. He would choose a bed for them, and if the traveler was too short for the bed, Procrustes would stretch them, and if they were too tall, he would trim their feet and head until they fit. 
Well, when Theseus came across Procrustes, the bandit tried to fit Theseus to a bed. But before he could, Theseus fit him to a bed, cutting off his feet and then his head because he was too big. Theseus had killed all of the guardians of the underworld and had finally made it to Athens. There, his father Aegeus did not recognize him. Shocker, almost like he's a deadbeat dad. However, his now wife Medea does recognize him, which is quite unfortunate for Theseus. When Medea recognized him, she became very worried that he, Theseus, would be the heir to the Athenian throne instead of her son, Medus. So, she asked Theseus if he could capture the Marathonian bull for her. Theseus, with his big ego and all, steps right up to this task. On his way to Marathon, where the boar resided, Theseus stopped at a lonely shack for the night. The shack belonged to a woman named Hecale. Hecale promised Theseus that if he made it back, she would make a sacrifice to Zeus in his honor. The next day, Theseus went back on his merry way to capture the Marathonian bull. Unfortunately, we don't know how Theseus actually ends up capturing the bull, but of course he does. On his way back to Athens, he stops by Hecale's shack to check on her, and it turns out that while Theseus was away, she had died. So, in her honor, Theseus named a Greek dem, which is basically like a small Greek town, after her. Theseus returned back to Athens and sacrificed the bull. Medea, angry that the bull did not kill him, tried to take matters into her own hands. She invited Theseus to eat with her, but little did Theseus know, the wine she served was poisoned. Fortunately for Theseus, Aegeus saw him and recognized the sandals Theseus was wearing, the sandals that Aegeus had left for him. Seeing that it was his son and knowing that Medea would want him dead, Aegeus immediately knew the glass of wine was poisoned and knocked it out of Theseus's hand. Once the two were reunited, Medea and her son fled to Asia to escape her crimes. Now on to the more famous story of Theseus, Theseus and the Minotaur. But to understand Theseus's part in the story, we need to understand how it began and the surrounding myths. Do you remember Europa from the episode about Zeus? Well, if you don't, Europa was stolen from her home by Zeus in the shape of a bull onto an island named Crete. On the island, Europa had three children with Zeus, Minos, Sarpedon, and Ramamanthus. We're only really going to focus on Minos, though, because he is the most important. Minos eventually became the king of Crete once he was old enough and married a woman by the name of Pasiphae. Together, the two had the children Acacalus, Aradine, Androgeus, Glaucus, Deucalion, Phaedra, Xenodice, Chytraeus, and of course, the Minotaur. The kingdom was flourishing under Minos' and Pasiphae's rule. And one day, a beautiful white bull appeared on the island. Poseidon saw this creature and demanded Minos sacrifice it to him immediately. But Minos didn't want to. He thought the bull was much too pretty to sacrifice and instead kept it for himself. In place of the bull, Minos then sacrificed a normal bull to Poseidon. Which, dumb move by the way. You're literally on an island and you decide to insult the sea god? Anyway... Poseidon was so angry at this act of defiance that he cursed Pasiphae, who didn't even do anything wrong, by the way, to fall madly in love with the beautiful bull. 
To fix her dilemma, Pasiphae went to Daedalus, an ingenious inventor who was friends with Minos and lived on Crete. Daedalus agreed to help her and built a hollow wooden bowl structure that was life-sized and big enough for Pasiphae to fit in. The structure was so realistic that Pasiphae was able to get near and interact with the bowl. In the structure, Pasiphae mated with the bowl. Yes, she mated with the bowl. But wait, that's not even the most crazy part. Pasiphae, after getting with the bull, became pregnant with the bull's child. Yep. Finally, Pasiphae gave birth to the bulls and her child. It was a hybrid of a human and a bull, with it having the head and tail of a bull, but the body of a man. She named him Astrius, but he became more commonly known as the Minotaur. As the Minotaur got older, a problem presented itself. He would only eat people which Minos and Pasiphae could obviously not have around their kingdom. So, they went to Daedalus once again and asked for his help. They asked him to create a prison in which the Minotaur could never, ever escape. The prison Daedalus created was called the Labyrinth, an underground fortress of twisting halls meant to confuse the beast. No one but Daedalus knew how to leave and get around the Labyrinth because of how complex it was. Worried that Daedalus would tell someone the route of the labyrinth, he imprisoned Daedalus and his son, Icarus, in the very middle of the labyrinth. They couldn't leave because if they tried to navigate the halls, the Minotaur would surely kill them. Next week, I'll be releasing a mini-episode of Icarus and Daedalus, but for right now, we are going to be sticking with Theseus. Back to Athens now. Every four years, Aegeus hosts the Pan-Atheniac Games. They're basically like the Olympics. The specific games we'll be talking about take place a few years before our myth. Minos sent his oldest son, Androgeus, to compete in the games. Androgeus was amazing at the games, winning almost every medal there was. This caused the Athenians to become jealous of his skill and talent, so one night while Androgeus was still in Athens, a group of Athenians killed Androgeus. Once Minos heard of his son's death, he was distraught. He sent a fleet of Cretan ships to Athens and demanded that Aegeus hand over the assassins. But Aegeus couldn't, for he didn't know who they were. So, instead, Minos demanded that in place of the assassins, Athens was to send seven boys and seven girls every year to Crete that Minos would sacrifice to the Minotaur. Aegeus, having no other choice, agreed. Now, finally back to Theseus. When Theseus arrived to Athens, Aegeus had already been sending Athenians to Crete for two years, and when the third year approached, Theseus volunteered to be one of the sacrifices. He believed that he could kill the Minotaur and end the tradition of sending tribute to Crete, because of course he did. Theseus told his father, Aegeus, that once the ship came back from Crete, if he was alive and successful, Theseus would change the black sails of the ship to white. But if he had died, the crew would keep the black sails. After he met with his father, Theseus got on board the ship with the other tributes and set sail to Crete. Upon Theseus' arrival to Crete, Minos' daughter, Aradine, fell madly in love with him, like literally love at first sight. Theseus promised Aradine that if she helped him and he survived, he would take her back with him to Athens. Not wanting to see him die, Aradine gave Theseus a sword to defend himself and a ball of thread, in which he could unravel as he walked through the labyrinth and follow back to find his way out. Once he got into the labyrinth, 
Theseus tied one end of the yarn to a doorpost and unraveled the other end of the yarn just as he was told to do. And he found the minotaur. Theseus easily decapitated it with the sword Eragene had given him and then led the other tributes out of the prison. Once Theseus escaped the labyrinth, he and the other tributes took the ship they had arrived on along with Eragene and Eragene's younger sister Phydra. On their way back to Athens, the crew decided to stop on the island Naxos in search of water. Once they had stored up on supplies, Theseus decided he no longer wanted to be with Eragene, so he did the rational thing and left her on Naxos, like literally abandoned her. Fun. But wait, it gets worse. They start to sail back and soon Athens is in sight. But Theseus, being too busy celebrating and being full of himself, forgets to change the sails from black to white. So Aegeus, who has been sitting on a cliff overlooking the sea, sees the ship with the black sails and assumes his son is dead. So distraught about this fake news, he throws himself off the cliff he's sitting on into the sea below. That sea is now called the Aegean Sea for him. To make matters worse, because yes, they can get worse, Theseus ends up marrying Phydra, Eragene's younger sister, after his first wife, Hippolyta, the leader of the Amazons, died. Woo! And that, everyone, brings this week's episode of The Mythical Hour to an end. As always, I really, really hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you have anything to comment on or that I can improve, please, please, please let me know. Um, again, I do hope to get on back on track about like my episode release schedule, but I really don't know. Um, we'll see. Um, I hope you all are doing well. Thank you so much for listening, and bye!